Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach Norris. And in today's episode of Booyaka Show, we are doing our first ever interview. That's right, guys. I recently got on the phone and recorded a conversation with my buddy, John Zelenak, a.k.a. John of the Sewer Den. You guys know him from social media and his blog, The Sewer Den. John is a great dude with a great sense of humor, a solid gold heart, and we sat down, talked, you guessed it, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. As you can imagine, John, a guy who runs a blog that was is specifically about Ninja Turtles, and then a guy like me who runs a podcast specifically about Ninja Turtles, we might have a little bit to talk about in terms of Ninja Turtles. So that's exactly what we did. Got on the phone, interviewed John, asked him about the origins of the sewer den, his origins as a fan of Ninja Turtles, his childhood, all that and then some. So really hope you guys enjoy this episode. But as always, before we get into the meat of the episode, got to give you guys the appetizers. And so wanted to talk about a couple things and then do some shout outs and then I'll run the interview for you guys. I wanted to let you know that I'm working on a couple of City at War recap episodes. I have been meaning to sit down and I wanted to do this as they came out. I wanted to talk about each issue of City at War as they happened, but just with work and life and little vacations and the things, the way things have planned out or played out this year, excuse me, I just really haven't had a chance to be that on top of the comics in terms of podcasting about them. So I decided that now that 93 through 99 parts one through part seven are out. I can do one podcast and or two podcasts to do a recap of City at War. And then when 100 drops next month, I'll do a recap of that as well and talk about that. But so stay tuned. I've already recorded part one of the recaps. So I'm going to post this episode here for the interview. Get that up show everybody the great conversation that I have with John. And then from there, I can get into the comic book stuff and let those kind of breathe and be closer together in terms of their release, and especially with 100 coming on the way in the near future. Which also, while I'm on that subject, be on the lookout. I believe issue 100 was supposed to be released the 27th of this month, but I believe that has been pushed back. Last I saw, it's been pushed back to December 11th. So keep an eye out. There is a ton of covers. There's like there's over 50 something covers being released from a bunch of different, you know, uh, like retailers having exclusive covers. There's obviously cover A and cover B. And then I think there's three or four incentive uh, ratio variants, one by Matea Santoloco, one by Freddie Williams, one by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. That's that's the big, big one. I think your shop has to order like 150 books to get that one. So that's going to be the rare one. Uh, or maybe it's only 50. I'm not sure. It's 50 or 100, something like that. But either way, a lot of great covers, a lot of kind of so-so eh, covers. But issue 100 is on its way, guys. Be on the lookout for that. Go hit your local comic book stores. Grab that up. Let's show IDW and the Ninja Turtles some love as they hit this big, big milestone. And all right, guys, 
that's really all I've got to talk about until we get into this interview, but you know we got to do some shout-outs, so let's knock these shout-outs out, and then I'll play this interview for you guys. First up, since this interview has, excuse me, since this episode has the interview with John, I would like to shout out my buddy John Zelenak of the Sewer Den. Uh, just want to say thanks for letting me borrow him and uh, take up some of his time to be on the show and him calling in and giving me some some great content and some great insight and getting to know a little bit more about him and his fandom of the Ninja Turtles. Always appreciate that. Also want to give a big shout out to my homie Robert Diaz. You guys have heard Robert on the show before. He's been on here a couple times, I believe, if not at least once, uh, but I'm pretty sure twice. And Robert and I recently, reason he's getting a specific shout out this time around is because about a week ago, about a week ago, Robert and I took a little mini adventure, went on a little random trip where we went to Vancouver, Canada, hung out there for a couple of days, and then we took a train down to Portland, hung out there for a few days, and then we flew home to San Diego and had a great time, saw a lot of great stuff, ate some cool food, went to some cool places, met some great people, and just really appreciate Robert for his... Um, sense of adventure and his random randomness, excuse me, and his ability to kind of just at the drop of a hat be like, oh yeah, man, I'm down to do it. Let's go. And so that's kind of what we did. We we went on a whim and kind of treated the trip as a little random adventure and had a had a really good time. So Robert, appreciate you, buddy. Hope all is well with you. Next up, gotta shout out my buddy Aaron Trites down at Now or Never Comics. Aaron, appreciate you, man. Now or Never is, you guys have heard me talk about them before, my favorite comic book shop in San Diego, what I believe is the best comic book shop in San Diego. Aaron is a super solid cat, and I appreciate him looking out for me on TMNT covers and X-Men covers and whatever else that you know I figure out day of and ask him about, and he handles it. Just a solid dude with a great business and I love supporting his shop. I love supporting him. We've become, you know, buddies in my time there as a regular. So Aaron, I appreciate you, man. Hope all is well. If you guys listen to this and you're in the San Diego area, please go check out now or never comics. If you're in the Southern California area and you find yourself down in San Diego, go check out now or never comics. They're in downtown San Diego on, I want to say, Oh my gosh, I'm bad at this. 11th and F, I believe. Just look up Now or Never Comics, guys. The technology exists. You can find them on the maps. Great shop, great location. Go in there, say hi to Aaron, tell him Zach sent you, and uh, enjoy the shop. Thanks again, Aaron. Also, guys, got to shout out my buddy TJ Shevlin. TJ, what's up, my dude? Hope you're well. Um, You guys have heard me, A, have TJ on the show before and talk about TJ we did our uh, Super 7 episode a while back. Hopefully going to have him on for a comic book episode in the future. Probably either for the issue 100 episode or maybe after doing like a kind of comic book roundup. TJ, hope all is well, man. Hope stuff with the wedding planning is going well. Hope work is going well. Appreciate you, man. And then uh, last but not least, guys, want to shout out Apple Podcast user ARR1C. I'm guessing that's supposed to be Aaron C. Aaron C. left us 
and by us, I mean Booyaka Show, left a review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, I would like to encourage you guys to do the same. You go on there, rate the show, review the show. It's really easy to rate the show, guys. If you just hop on Apple Podcasts, find Booyaka Show, it's, you search it and it'll be the one of three things that come up. And find the show, find the little section where you review it, you tap the fifth star to the right, boom, five-star rating. It's as easy as that. Just got to tap five stars, bam, five stars. If you want to, if you feel so inclined to leave a review, I also appreciate that. Ratings and reviews help give the show a little bit of light, help give the show a little bit of love, help more Turtle fans find the podcast. And the more Turtle fans, the better. The bigger the Turtle community, the better. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Aaron C. Aaron said, I can't read the title, little headline of his uh, review, but Aaron C. says, this is a great podcast. The host, Zach, has a very positive point of view and really gets excited about TMNT stuff. Yes, I do. It's great to hear his passion. Thank you, Aaron. Very enjoyable. Once again, Aaron C., I appreciate you, boss. Hope all is well with you, and thank you for the rating and the review. And all right, guys, now that we've got through all of that, I hope you're ready to listen to this interview with John of the Sewer Den. I will be back after the interview fades out. I'll be back for the show send-off and all that good noise. But for now, go ahead and enjoy Booyaka Show's interview with John of the Sewer Den. All right, so welcome back, Turtle fans. Like I said, I am now here on the phone with my buddy John of the Sewer Den. John, what's up? Hey, man. Good to be here. Excited to talk to you. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, it's been waiting for a while to do this. I'm excited we actually got the chance to finally make it happen. Yeah, we. Uh, it took a little bit longer than I think we both wanted it to, but just just makes it all the more adventurous now that we're here going to go on this journey together. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right. So for those of you that don't know, John is, to me, he is one of the turtle fans on the internet. If you are on the internet, you're on Instagram, if you follow the Technodrome forums or anything like that, you know that there's a blog out there called The Sewer Den. And John is the owner, operator, proprietor, sole creative force behind The Sewer Den. So I wanted to sit down with John, at least over the telephone, because John is located in New York and I'm here in San Diego, but wanted to talk to John about the origins of the Sewer Den, the origins of his fandom, and let the people who don't know about John and his great blog know about it, and then also just give John the uh, the chance to shine some light on the work that he does and his um, the things that makes him a Ninja Turtles fan. So, John, are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. That was a great intro right there. Hey, I got you, man. So we're uh, we're going to start with some easy stuff, dude. Uh, like very easy. Basically, the, the questions that every Turtles fan either asks or gets asked. And we can... All right, I'm ready. The hard-hitting stuff? Exactly. The hard-hitting stuff. These don't have to be rapid fire, so like no rush, but they're, they're going to be pretty easy, I feel like. Okay, uh, good. So we're going to start Let's off with a classic, dude. Who's your, uh, who's your favorite turtle and why? Raphael was my original favorite turtle. Uh, the cartoon in general was what connected me. I liked the voice of Rob Paulson doing it. He brought that snarky sarcasm to it. 
Um, and as a kid, I really just gravitated to that for some reason. Okay. I really like the jokes and that just that humor in general. Nice, nice. How how yeah. old were you when when the show dropped? If I may ask. So the show started in '87. I was born in '83, so okay. I was probably four. But I don't think I really started watching it until I was five. Kindergarten. That was my year when uh, I kind of got into all things turtles. Perfect timing. All right, man. So four, four or five when you're getting into the Ninja Turtle cartoon show, you had a bit of a head start on me. I was watching reruns because I wasn't born until 88. So like young I said, gun. Yeah. Young gun a little bit. Um, so next, next easy one, dude. And again, these are emphasis on the easy. What's your favorite Ninja Turtles movie and why? Hands down, that movie from 1990 is the best. Um, Always thought it was great. Still think it's great. Seen it a million times, and every time, still just as good as that original viewing. That's what I like to hear, man. It's it's an easy choice, I think, for a lot of Turtle fans. Probably. Yeah, are there people that don't find that one to be the best? You know what, man? I've I've got a homie who he is not as not as deep into the Turtles world as we are. Uh, I would say mm-hmm. he's like a casual fan uh, from childhood and stuff, and he prefers Secret of the Ooze. Um, oh man, that's amazing! Yeah, it's kind of kind of rare, right? And I think he prefers it from like a humor standpoint, and I think he likes Token Razar and uh, yeah. and Ernie Reyes Jr. But as far as other things go, like or as far as other people go, I don't know if I've ever met anyone that that's not. Like, <laughs> the go-to movie right i mean the jokes are tighter in that movie or i don't know if they're tighter but they're more in there they're packed into the runtime like way more you don't even have time to keep up with the next one half the time absolutely Um, i can see where he's coming from with that yeah it's definitely heavier on the humor and that's to me now as an adult that's probably that's why it's become one of my lesser favorite of the three um, but as a kid, I think I've said this before, as a kid, the ones I watched the most were two and three. Yeah, two. I, well, I liked three a lot when it came out. I actually liked it more than two. Same. But then over time, growing up, understanding storytelling a little better, then that kind of reverted back to liking two more than three. But yeah, I have there's a place in my heart for all those movies. I love the first one and the original one the best by far, but the other ones, I will not consider them bad either. Yeah, I hear that, man. But yeah, ni- the 1991 is is perfect. And like you said, still holds up today. Uh, I give that credit as being like the original origin dark. Like Batman Begins, I remember when that came out, got so much praise for being dark and going in this direction. And I think that 90s, that 1990 Turtles movie kind of did that first. I think that movie is vastly underrated and highly highly slept on in terms of comic book movies and you know sticking to the source material and being mature and dark and gritty uh, that 1990 movie is you and I have probably talked about this outside of this but we've got a movie where the the core plot problem or the core thing that our heroes are working against is an evil crime lord who is taking advantage of the misguided and forgotten youth of New York city and turning them into ninjas and like 
the henchmen of a crime syndicate. He's basically making child soldiers to build his criminal empire. Then he rediscovers a blood feud with a mutated rat, kidnaps him, and then <laughs> these four sons of the rat who are mutated turtles have to figure out how to come together as brothers and family to operate without their father and avenge him. And if there's a if there's a darker comic book movie out there than that, I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> I want that to be what's on the back of the DVD box. <laughs> that explanation, just that write-up of that synopsis. I mean, that's... So good. Dude, it's, it's the... I think because it's Ninja Turtles, and I talk to people about this all the time, and I don't care going off on this like little tangent because I love this. I talk about this with other turtle fans all the time where because of the Bay movies and because the property is now owned by Nickelodeon, Ninja Turtles is just looked at as kids content. It's to me, at least um, that might not be fair. No. Yeah. I think even just the show back in the nineties too, kind of did that. Also, Absolutely. It's always been rooted in kids content for, generations now yep, so yep the, not the, shocking but yeah that's a good call the the turtles that everybody knows and identifies with are the bright technicolor wise cracking pizza loving turtles so they're looked at as this kids content when the first movie is like here's these dudes who you know fight ninjas on rooftops and get thrown through you know moonlights and have to escape out to a farmhouse and, you know, live on the lamb while they mentally and emotionally heal from this battle they fought, then come back to New York City and four dudes, well, four dudes, a woman and a, you know, guy who used to play hockey take on a criminal organization of ninjas run by some psycho dude who wears like claws and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Oh, it's so good. Makes me want to watch it right now. Yeah, I'm probably gonna throw it on later. Can't can't do all this talking <laughs> about it and not watch it. Um, so on to the next one, dude. Um, now that we've talked, we've mentioned the cartoon. Do you have a favorite iteration of Ninja Turtle cartoons? Oof, that's tough. Everyone has a sweet spot for me. So obviously, the original was what I grew up with. My my first foray into TMNT, but when I the pendulum swung the other way and then I fell out of the world of Ninja Turtles just because I was thought I was like too cool in high school trying to go on dates and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, fell out of it for a bit. And then when I was in college, kind of the love came back and meant I met a lot of Turtles fans when I was there and the pendulum went back the other way. And that was around the time that 2003 series released. Mm-hmm. So I got back into it with that and a couple of my friends at the time we would get together and watch it so it was a whole different kind of turtles experience that i never had before because growing up i mean i knew kids that liked it but i primarily i'm an only child so i watched it a lot by myself um so it was nice to just watch it with a community okay. and then years later 2012 i mean that was just pure being an adult watching it being that like getting to see a whole new generation of actual kids enjoy it, but then also liking it too. Um, a lot of my yep. friends, a couple of my friends had kids and their kids were into it. And I just remember thinking it was so cool to be a part of it. So it's tough to pick a favorite one. 
I mean, I love the original just because it was the kind of the nexus for everything that spawned off of it. Absolutely. So I love that one. Um, 2003 is fun, but I feel like it was fun in a early 20s kind of way. Right. <laughs> and then I, I, the, the original one and then probably the 2012 series. I, it's, it's a toss-up of whatever mood I'm kind of in. If I'm in a cheesy mood, than the original, but if I'm feeling something with a little more sustenance to it, then I'm, I'm going for 2012. My man. So yeah, that's um, yeah. that's a pretty. I'd say that's a pretty. Uh, what's the word I want to look for? I I think that's probably where a lot of people are at in terms of the cartoon. Is a lot of people have obviously a huge soft spot for the OG cartoon because that was you know, the genesis for a lot of us, right, was we didn't, we were too young to read the comics or even know that there was comics, so the cartoons and the toys, like, really got us in there, and then the movies kind of solidified everything. Um, I think where, like I mentioned earlier, where I was so young and kind of late to the Turtles game because, you know, I was born the year after it happened, and then at two and three, I was probably just watching reruns or VHS recordings, like, I never saw a bunch of episodes of the old show. It was either just the stuff I had on, you know, VHS or reruns. And, you know, very shortly after, like Power Rangers cracked off and my brother and I got into that yeah. because it was then something that like him and I had together as opposed to where like Turtles was kind of just my thing. But later on, as as you said, I saw 2003 happening I would see kind of random episodes as I was flipping through stuff on the weekends and I saw the toys in stores and all that, but I was just starting high school and thought I was too cool and I was into other things, you know, video game wise and media wise and stuff like that. But I'm glad you said what you said about the 2012 show, like your friends having kids and stuff, because that's kind of what did it for me too, as I had started, I'd got back into the Ninja Turtles comic books with IDW in 2011 so then when Nick started yeah, the 2012, yeah, they were so good. yeah, right. So when Nick started the 2012 show, I had friends where I was living that had kids and they're picking up and getting into this new version of turtles. And I was like, Oh man, like turtles are back and they're cracking and they look kind of cool. Like I'll check this out and totally like, you know, reinvigorated my love for the characters. So yeah, they did a good job with that too, because it's like they made them, gave them a fresh look and they look different. So if you grew up with the original, they were different enough. But if you were a casual fan, I feel like a lot of people our age that weren't huge fans just didn't realize there was even a difference. So maybe just like, Oh, it's in 3d now, but thought it was the same show, just kind of slightly updated. Right. Cause I've come across a lot of people who couldn't even tell the difference or didn't even know. So I feel like that probably helped in its success too. Just, people that would buy a Ninja Turtle shirt for their kid would just be like, oh, it's the same ones I grew up with. Great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not a, not discerning enough to care, but yeah. enjoying it enough to, to spend their money on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we mentioned, we both mentioned comics. Have you, in terms of comics for me, I own some of the older stuff. I've read a bunch of the older stuff. But we're talking like Mirage older stuff, and I've read I've read most of the Image run, but it was years and years ago. Never really read a bunch of the Archie stuff, uh, and I think as far as the Mirage stuff goes, I've maybe read like 
one through 15 or so just from like old collected things. Have you read most of or a lot of the Ninja Turtle comics throughout the years? Do you have a favorite of those iterations? I've read a good amount of the comics. Definitely not everything. Nowhere close to everything. But when the original show was on air back in the day, I did get for Christmas gifts those collected um, original like graphic novel trades. Okay. Yep. So it was like there was a set of four of them, and I got all four of them. Nice. So that was my first introduction into the Turtles comics, which I don't know the collection of issue numbers or how far it went to, but it, it got through most of the basic stuff, uh, obviously Shredder and the Triceraton, and Casey Jones, April, the all the heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. And I just remember when I read that, loving it because it was so dark and was totally different than the turtles I was watching day to day on TV. Yeah. So I was really into it and I was kind of one of those things that don't really know how my parents really, they must have not really flipped through and just saw Ninja Turtles and the covers Uh look cool and they're like, oh, I'll like this and they, anything to get me reading with that, you know, that was a good thing for them. So that was my intro and I definitely liked it. Um, and then I read a little bit of the Archie comics here and there, but never like a collected grouping of them or anything. It was just like a random issue. And then, but like you, I came back with a vengeance with the IDW series. At that point, I was like so thirsty for Turtles content because there hadn't been something. I mean, the 2007 movie came out and there was that Turtles Forever TV movie and they were cool, but I don't. I don't know why the IDW comic just really connected with me yeah, and thinking that Nickelodeon had the series that had the franchise and that there was something on the horizon was kind of like, I didn't know if that IDW series was like the calling card of more great turtles to come or it was like the last hurrah. So <laughs> I got behind it either way. And I just, yeah, I, I'm very into that one. I would probably say that that was my, I just really liked the, twists that they made and decisions that they did do and thought that a lot of them seemed really like good natural fits. Uh, and yeah, it was just, this is good. It's good. It's just well-written and fun and well-drawn. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more, man. That's again, that was a big part of what, what brought me back into it too, was that IDW run. So as far as comics go, I would, I would say that's probably easy, easily my favorite run. Uh, again, you can't, can't be mad at the stuff that started everything the original comics and speaking of those sets of trades like i had the same exact ones there's (laughs) there's pictures of me um or i've got a picture somewhere of me uh like sitting on the kitchen floor reading one and i can't be any older than three and i think it's probably the same thing my parents were just like oh ninja turtles you know in like big comic book fan or like form like let's get him so he can read this stuff and he's not just glued to the tv not knowing that they're like actually cutting Shredder's head off and like stabbing foot soldiers and, you know, killing space (laughs) aliens and stuff. Flashing and slicing in every page. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's wild dude, because I, I feel like thinking back, you know, obviously besides like the VHS, you know, home video of me, like, you know, doing ninja stuff in the front yard and singing the theme song in the living room, stuff like that. I feel like some of my earliest memories are those comics. Like are the wow. just just the visuals of them, the black and white and um, you know, the the covers are just so iconic to me. And not even like the covers of the single issues, like the covers of those trade paperbacks where like 
there's one where the turtles are like jumping off of a roof or out of a window or something. And yeah, there's the one yeah. where they're standing on a roof with a bunch of foot dudes around them. Like when, when people say turtles comics or when I talk about turtles comics, like that stuff like stands out in the front of my mind is like, that's, yeah, the iconic image that your mind yeah. goes to. Yep, exactly. Man, you got to post that photo of you on the kitchen floor reading that on my you, one year I social may, feed. I think I may have, dude. I'll have to go back and see I if know. there's an older version of it, but or if it's back there in the past somewhere, but I think I have. Oh, cool. I'm going to have to go back and do a little uh, investigating. Yeah, a little, uh, little research. <laughs> um, but all right, man. So, like I said, easy ones out of the way talked about i know and i feel like all those answers it's so hard to give like i mean you can just be like Raphael, that's great or 2012 series dude. is the best but it's so hard to just leave it at that it's i mean that's what makes it great dude that's that's what the people want to know john they want they yeah. like it's cool your answer is cool but it's more about the why i think that's what what brings the people in like gets them wrapped up in it get into the psyche of the exactly. sewer den yeah they're exactly exactly <laughs> trying to take a, a trip down the down the tube um so now do this next set of questions we're going to get a, a little more personal all right um so i already asked uh my first question was how old were you but we already talked about that so what to your to your memory um or to your recollection what is your first ninja turtles memory um, and then do you have like a best, a quote unquote best or favorite memory from your childhood and like Ninja Turtle stuff? Yeah, that's, I feel like there's so many early memories between those comics and the TV show and the movie. Um, but I do think the very first memory I have, like, I don't remember the first time I watched the show. I just remember kind of always being there, mm-hmm. but I really, I do remember getting the first Ninja Turtle toy which uh, was those original ones. Uh, and I believe I got Leonardo first, even though Raphael was my favorite. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of the first one my parents found. Right. So I remember getting Leonardo and thinking it was awesome, loving it, but and being like, what about the other three? There's, you know, there's four of them. <laughs> so just, just Raphael, how playmates planned. <laughs> yeah. They were like, all right, let's uh, map this out for, has always been the pitfall of collecting turtle things mm-hmm. from there from that day that day i got leonardo forward i only knew how bad it was gonna get yeah <laughs> or how how good it was gonna get but yeah that. just buying four of everything yeah so i got that leonardo shortly after got Raphael, and i really remember playing with the two of them and just being like this is it i've got two this is great like at least there's two brothers it was cool and then shortly after, I got Donatello and then closed it on out with Michelangelo, which weirdly after that, when I bought more versions of Turtles throughout the years, if I was only buying one at a time, I always went in that order afterwards, which okay. I don't know if, that, if that's obsessive or just, I was uh, just like, well, that was what I did the first time and it worked like out. Tradition, so that's what we keep doing. Yeah. So when 2012 came out and the first store I went in, they had all four and I was um, I can be very patient and use my splinter-like patience and just kind of <laughs> cruise and have a slow burn. So when I, I saw all four of them for 2012, and I was like, you know what? I want to make this last. So I started with Raphael and Leonardo, the two, or Leonardo and Raphael, and just was like, I'll start with these two. 
and then just slowly get the other one. So very cool. Yeah. So that's why I think that's the earliest memory because I've like carried that with me in all my future turtle purchases throughout yeah. the years. Very nice, man. The the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, you talked about like kind of growing in and out of the fandom, you know, with time and age and stuff. And that kind of touched on a question um, that I had where I was going to ask you if you've been a quote unquote sewer den level fan your whole life, or if there were chunks here and there where your fandom uh, wasn't as deep. Um, And you kind of touched on that with school and college and girls. And I think from from talking to you and talking to a couple other friends and then my personal experience, that feels like how it's gone with, I don't want to say most people cause I'm not going to speak for everybody, but at least a lot of the people I talk to, like that's how it goes. Like hardcore fan as a kid. And then something kind of like pops in later in life, like maybe as late teen, early twenties and kind of like reminds you of this thing you loved. Um, but it, you know, is, is almost just a reminder or maybe like a refresher that like, Hey, this thing still exists or it exists in a new form. And then something else later on is really like the hook line and sinker. And again, that's how it happened with me, you know, being a young, a young kid who was all about it and then not so much in like middle school and high school. And then early twenties, there's the IDW comics and the 2012 show. And it just sucked me right back down, uh, the rabbit hole. Uh, if you want yeah. to call it that. Cup to resist. That, that was a double whammy of good stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that, I mean, again, just to basically, was that you in a nutshell? Like you weren't, you weren't sewer den John Zelenak your entire life. There was little chunks where John was not that big of a Ninja Turtles fan. Yeah, there was definitely, the hiatus came from, I was, I watched the cartoon pretty much until it was, Dead. I remember some kid on the bus one time in elementary school or whatever, middle school was like, man, you were this, you love Ninja Turtles to death. Like literally they died as <laughs> franchise and popularity and you loved it to that moment. Yeah. Um, so I was there for that whole ride and I was very invested and it was like peak childhood right there. And, but then once that next mutation came out, Ooh, I was yeah. still, I was into the cartoons, but that came out, I got the one toy, I got like one or two toys, I think I had Raph and Leo, my first, my starters, and was pumped that they were coming out with a new Turtles, I thought it was going to be like the movies, and I love the movies because it was live action, and it only took one episode to realize that, that that was not the case, it was definitely not the movies, the humor, I didn't, it didn't connect with me mm-hmm. back then. I've given it a rewatch still it's no rough, dice. Dude. <laughs> so yeah, so that kind of <laughs> is very rough. Yeah. It just pushed me off for a few years. And I know there's fans out there, Turtles fans who are defenders of that series and they like it. Uh, but it's just not, it wasn't my cup of tea. So I've never, the toys are the best part of that show just because mm-hmm. they okay. were cool looking. But beyond that, there's not much left there. So that kind of, sunset my turtles fandom for a few years and i think because that, that came out in like 97 or something so it just worked out perfectly that that happened and there really wasn't anything for turtles on tv or in movies until six years later five or six years later until that 2003 series started so 
during that time, since not too much was happening, it worked out perfectly for me of not being overly interested in turtles. So yeah, yeah, definitely had. I always call those my dark years because <laughs> it was my time when I wasn't into the turtles fandom as much as I am before or now. Yeah, well, I, f- I feel like uh, again, based on what I was saying to compare to, I feel like we all we've all had dark years. If that's yeah, what and I was with you too, man. It was like Power Rangers was cool. It was yeah, it was enough like Ninja Turtles, but there was more of them, and they had they had these like powers and different weapons and, and swords and everything. And... Yeah, yep. it was cool, and that Japanese flair was there a little more. Yep. So, dude, with with that said, then when did you start the sewer den? Uh, or when did you think, when did you think the sewer den was something you wanted to do? Were you, were you already writing stuff and you wanted to apply it to Ninja Turtles or did you, you fell back into Ninja Turtles so heavily that you were like, you know what? I want to start this blog. I want to write about them. I want to create this giant collection. Or did you, was it not even create a giant collection? Did you still just have all your stuff from when you were a kid? Like basically give us the origin story of the sewer den as uh, as a blog and as this, you know, kind of entity, this online entity for you. So the sewer den was kind of a perfect storm of a whole bunch of different elements. And I'll try to not spend too long on all of it, but uh, I went to film school and I made a lot of movies. I went for movies. I wanted to make movies. Very cool. And I did at one point, I made this feature film. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Worked with friends that I met there, friends that I grew up with. And we all kind of ragtag group of wannabe filmmakers came together made this movie it was an experience um but it took so long it took like five years we made the movie and then afterwards going to film festivals it was just exhausting Uh and i liked writing a lot and doing all that stuff and i liked content creation and just doing creative endeavors so I just wanted to do something where like the content was more snackable, just for like something where I could write in one night, take some photos and be done with it. And that was it. Not like invest five years of my life in it. So Mm -hmm. that was, I just kind of was, had a pool of ideas of what I wanted to do. And at the time my parents had recently moved from my childhood home into a new place. And I had my own place at that time so really the only thing that was mine that they brought with them was all this ninja turtle stuff that i had from childhood sweet so my room at their house they like i had mentioned earlier i'm an only child and they were very particular like this is your room do something with it make it feel yours we want our new house to feel like we want you to still feel like you have a home they were very concerned about that so didn't really know what else to do so i set up the old bed that i had that just even though I was an only child, I ironically had bunk beds. Uh, <laughs> so we, it was always in the hopes of like friends would sleep over and crash and yeah. that sort of thing. So really just a bed set for up the bunk beds. And yeah, that's that's pretty much what it was. It was just like a little cave of turtle stuff underneath and sometimes on top. Yeah, the plush, all the plushes and that sort of thing. But yeah, we I set it on up, put the bed sheets back on, and I had like a couple of shelves, and I just put all my toys on there and some some of the artwork that I had that was like a little jokey. So it kind of started out as a joke. And at the same time, I wanted to write about stuff. And now nostalgic stuff and just general connecting to your childhood is like 
everywhere in every car commercial and mm-hmm. all throughout every TV show, but it wasn't as prevalent then as it is now. Definitely. So I started this blog, The Steward End, that would be all about just nostalgic stuff, growing up with turtles and all this random collection that I still had. So, and I wanted to make it about other things too, not just turtles, but it seemed that whenever I wrote about turtles, that kind of got a lot more love than the other stuff. And I had the most interesting collection in that stuff too, and far more, just huge, like a lot more stuff. So it's easy to cover. So I cover that a lot. So just over time, it kind of started as a joke. And then the room itself where I had the collection just got nicer looking and bigger and I built some custom shelves with my dad's help and like nice. I put them on the wall and put some like turtle figures on the wall. So it just like looked cooler. And the bed sheet stayed. Uh, there was a ceiling fan in there. And we, I put this little like little splinter thing that hangs down from there. Um, framed the posters and the artwork, got some like more glass display cabinets. And then as I did that and as I wrote about it more too, people really latched onto the idea and donated a lot of stuff from their childhood too because as much as we love turtles fans which is crazy a lot of people have stuff and they're just they're get almost equally as excited and happy just give it to somebody who wants to put it on display yeah so i got a ton of stuff like that or people just gave me their like they didn't have huge collections but like little things from a handful of people add up after a while so i mean i got some second printing original issue well second printing of the original comics nice. uh, that some friends gave me that were cool uh, and yeah just toys some of those soft head original playmates guys very nice a little bit of everything That's yeah and then means. also back then too sorry no, ebay was so much cheaper to get <laughs> stuff so you yep. can find really good deals on stuff that like you always wanted for just like a handful of dollars whereas now that's those days are over. Yeah, it's very much not the case. And I don't know if it'll ever go back to that now that now that Nickelodeon has it and the, the train is going to keep on rolling. I think, I, I can't imagine, uh, again, this might take us off on a little tangent real quick, but I don't know if I can foresee another, I guess another span of dark days as we called them. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't foresee the turtles going anywhere from, from pop culture and from collectible stuff because they've hit such a high again now in the last five to eight yeah. years that I just, I, I mean, I'm sure maybe somebody said that back in the day in the early nineties and mid nineties, but I don't, I don't see them going away again in terms of a collectible sense and the eBay sense where back probably pre 2007 or pre 2011 and 12, you could probably find whatever you wanted in terms of Ninja Turtle stuff and, and get things for decent prices. But yeah, that must have been must have been a good time. You're right. I don't think I'm pretty much on an unstoppable track now. Every time I see something, I'm I'm like, oh, they done they've done everything. All these collectibles. What can they do next? And then one of these companies will be like, hey, we're making this. And then I'm like, man, you got me again. Yep. I'm in. <laughs> yep. Let me get all four, all four turtles. Fine. So what what year would you say was the was the official start of the sewer den? It was, I believe it was January 2011, so pretty sure at that point Nickelodeon had bought Turtles, and it was in flux, so 
of what was going to happen, what were they going to do with it, what was it going to become kind of thing. And it, like I said, it really did start with just classic turtles and everything from my childhood. But then as that show came out and the IDW comics, they were too good to ignore. So all that stuff trickled into the, the steward end as well, whether posts that I was writing about or just on social media feeds, sharing photos and experiences from comic cons and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think you kind of touched on this a little bit where you were about creating and wanted to, to share stuff, but was the, was the priority for the sewer den? Was it a, was the priority collecting turtle stuff or was it the creative outlet just based around turtle stuff that really drove it for you? Like it, it feels like it was a little bit of a best of both worlds situation, but did, was it mostly creative for you or was it the benefit of like, Oh, I can collect stuff and keep getting rad turtle stuff on top of all the cool stuff that I have and just write about it. It was a little, like you said, it was a little bit of both. I definitely, the writing aspect at the time was what I loved most about it. And blogs, like at that time, writing a blog, people actually read them. Whereas now that's not me sounding better. It's just the way that like with social media, it's so easy to people write a whole blog post and, one photo on Instagram can do more justice than that whole write up. So, mm-hmm. uh, not as prevalent and I don't write on there as much as I used to. Like I'm a little more active on social, but I still do enjoy writing and still do it. And when I originally started, that was really at the, like the crux of what I wanted to do. And I enjoyed doing the photography as well. And also like, we just wanted to challenge myself to get better as a designer and, uh, photographer as well so that kind of gave me a reason to mm-hmm. so all that encompassed with there wasn't much as much to collect back then i mean just in terms of new stuff right. that was coming it was all just that good stuff from your childhood or our childhood and so i did get into that and when when i would go to flea markets i would i used to cover a lot of stories and just about my experiences at flea markets and comic cons. And also it was pretty, it was a little easier to get press credentials for things back then because mm. it wasn't as ingrained in pop culture. So I was going to New York comic con with press credentials through the sewer den and doing stories on that too. And finding cool toys and posters there, or if somebody that was involved in turtles to do a signing, um, meeting the voice cast. So it covers stuff like that. So it definitely was like a, a good 50-50 split. And it just so happened to be that it was like, that was the perfect, perfect like recipe for, for me, just happiness. Like it was good. It gave me, it was a creative outlet that I really wanted and was covering something I was passionate about. So it was fun. Nice, man. That's what's up. That's yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure you probably hear. same way with the podcast. That's, I mean, that's really what it was, man. I, kind of had this idea at one point in like 20 late 2015 early 2016 I was like you know what I think with this show going the way it's going and I like it so much uh I want to do a podcast about it and or I want to do a podcast about something and what do I know that I feel like what's something I can talk about what's something I know about what's something that by doing a podcast on it I can learn more about something and uh and turtles was that like Again, the the 2012 show had been going for, you know, three or four years at that point. And there was a ton of toys out. There was a ton of collectibles. The, like, 
turtles adult market had re-exploded or maybe exploded for the first time. I don't know. And it was just like, Hmm, I want to, I want to try this. I think I'm pretty good at talking and, uh, speaking to people and trying to tell stories and connect, uh, bridges and between worlds and stuff like that. So I was like, let me talk about turtles. And I think with the, with the first iteration of Booyaka show it was a little ill timed because I was trying to start a podcast as the, as the show was waning. I think I started it like halfway through season four or something like that, or at the tail end of season four, and then tried to pick it back up at the beginning of season five and had all these grand plans of like going back and, you know, cataloging the old stuff. But it just got, I got real discouraged real fast because I was feeling like, oh, I'm not on time and I'm not getting these episodes out fast enough and blah, blah, blah. So took a, a year or two off from that and realized like, okay, now that it's, now that that show is done, I can use it as the basis of the podcast. Those, those can be the episodes that keep everything moving. But I want like the new version of Booyaka show to be more about almost all things turtles, um, but still using the 2012 shows like the foundation. So reviewing yeah, those episodes, like discussing those episodes, and then just talking to more people like yourself. That's, that's a great way to go about it. I feel I like the discouragement it. too. I, almost everybody that I've ever talked to went in all sorts of mediums of fandom. It's just, it comes with the territory. It's hard to yeah. make yourself do your own deadlines for something that you're not getting paid for or mm-hmm. you don't really know what it's leading to. So it's just that uh, when you let it all go away and you're like, I'm just going to have fun with this and whatever happens, happens. And usually where I feel like, at least for me, is where I find the most satisfaction and fun, the best experience. Absolutely, man. And it was it was tough too The in the initial run where like, you're doing the podcast, like you said, you're doing something for for yourself and for free, and you're trying to keep yourself on your own deadlines and all this, but I was also doing some like freelance writing uh, for some other people at the time, so it was like, do I continue to do this podcast that like takes time and energy and like keeps me out of the gym and keeps me away from the writing while like the writing makes me money on the side, but you know, besides my regular nine to five job and so it was hard to kind of balance the desire to do something for free with the desire to do something that I like to do, which is, you know, write about stuff that I'm getting paid to do. It's a tough balance. But and priorities, right? <laughs> exactly, dude. Priorities. But we're here now, man. Look at us, look yeah. at us now. 2019. The best of both worlds. It's all coming together. Absolutely. But this is like, I feel like this is why we do it. Just so, I mean, you and I met at Comic-Con just being Turtles fans. Yep. paths crossed and three years I've met ago, other dude. great people in the same i know it's just it, what was it two three years ago yep it, yeah this year we hung out at comic-con last year we missed each other at comic-con mm-hmm. and the year before that was when we had first met at the pizza place at Ciro's in downtown so oh yeah it's been three comic-cons so i'm just counting it as three years of of turtly mm-hmm. awesome friendship <laughs> yeah it's been a Audaciously beautiful thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, speaking of the sewer den and all the awesome things that you have done, and maybe some of the wacky things that you have done, and all the things that the sewer den has brought you, earlier this year, or maybe it was either late last year or earlier this year, you filmed a short film for the sewer den, right? 
Yeah, yeah. This this April we filmed it. Okay, so earlier this, this year, little short film, little movie. So, tell me about that if you can. Uh, you don't don't give us any spoilers. Don't give too much away. But like, do you guys have a release date? Like, what's the premise? Like, give us give us some details. I'm dying for the world to see this movie. <laughs> I worked with some filmmakers that I went to school with. Uh, good dudes. Two two guys from Brooklyn. Um, we were the first time I ever went to California. Actually, it was with them. Just uh, we just like a little vacation kind of thing. Okay. And we had always stayed in touch. And like I've helped them with film projects throughout the years. And uh, they have a comedy duo, and they do they are a comedy duo, and they do a lot of sort of little films and vignettes that are just funny and have a really kind of fun, twisted, quirky sense of humor. Nice. So we just, we've always talked about like doing a sewer den movie, just a short film, nothing's like too crazy. So ours is 10 minutes and we decided to make it happen. So we had some good equipment for just to make it happen. We wanted to, to look, professional and wanted to do it right so we only had one weekend so we tried to squeeze in as much storytelling and fun little tidbits of both collecting nostalgia and just everything that kind of comes with being a turtles fan from childhood through adulthood okay so it goes into it's i mean it's very much about me and uh there's some fun b-roll of just vhs movies from when I was a kid, we interview uh, a handful of people that contributed or are still contributing to my turtles passion. And uh, then there's a little bit of just actually like hunting for toys and talking about what it's like to be a collector. It's a little bit of everything. There's a lot of, like I said, it's a lot about me, but it's a lot about Ninja Turtles in general, why we all kind of love Ninja Turtles and just, uh, a lot, a lot of heartfelt moments in there too. So it's funny. Cool. It's heartfelt. It's definitely, definitely good. I mean, it's sounds... and it is. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. My, my, I have a uh, two cats, and one of them is uh, here. I guess he's excited about the film because he's <laughs> meowing and doing all sorts of like weird things. Um, but yeah, so the film is. Uh, we were planning to release it. In the late October, early November 2019 timeframe, but there's a couple of exciting opportunities to give it like a further release to make it a oh. little bigger. Okay. Yeah, so we're seeing if that happens. Fingers crossed. I'm kind of letting the two, uh, their, their uh, collective or the two of them, their comedy duo, they, they go by Bobo Touch. Okay. So those dudes, uh, we all worked on this as a trio. And all collaborated, but they are the producers and they paid to make this thing happen. Oh. I contributed myself to collection. We all crashed at my parents' house where the collection is. Um, so we all worked on it, but they like got the team together and the, all the other people involved with production. So the ball's in their court, but they're doing good things with it. And... We should expect something soon. The film is completed. It's ready to go. Nice. It's just sitting there. So very excited to unleash this thing into the world. Excellent, man. We're we're excited to see it. It sounds like, like you said, it, the with the wackiness and the heartfeltness, it sounds like just any other thing from the Ninja Turtles universe. So seems like you... Yeah, it's definitely got a little bit of all those eras 
that we all love. We've got some of the cheesiness of the original, a little bit of the heartfelt of the movies, and I mean, every movie has a bad moment. I'm sure there's a little bit of that next <laughs> mutation vibe in there somewhere. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, that is going to take us into our next little segment of questions, where we get a little more, a uh, little more real life. And uh, yeah, by, by real life, I'd like to talk about your job, if we can, John. Um, yeah, totally so, talk about. So you work for Nickelodeon, and I do specifically. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but specifically, you work with Ninja Turtle stuff and SpongeBob stuff uh, in like the social media department. Yeah, and so I work for Nickelodeon and in their social media department. And the shows that I concentrate on are called franchise shows. Okay. So for the most part, anything that has a built-in audience or has been around for a while, there's like a internally they have a, de- a definition of what franchise is, and I don't even think I know it, but <laughs> it's something along those lines. And uh, what also falls into that are like all the Nickelodeon shows that a lot of us grew up with. So Rugrats, Doug, Ren and Stimpy, oh, Our Real cool. Monsters, Rocco, that whole arsenal of content. So the team I work on, they we oversee like 100 accounts or something like that, Jeez. with the heavy hitter being SpongeBob, which is like my main day-to-day right now because it's the 20th anniversary of Spongebob and he's kind of having a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I get to, when I first started, I was entirely on Ninja Turtles. Nice. So I got to ride that 2012 wave and see how that came to a conclusion. And then I have been there for the launch of Rise of the TMNT. And uh, then like all the good thing about social is that we're feeding the audience and all the fans, including myself, like I, we put a lot of stuff out there that, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there for the newer fans and Rise of TMNT, but always trying to supplement that with as much nostalgic stuff as we can. Yeah. So you'll see like stuff that touches on the original cartoon and the original movies and all that good stuff in between. Definitely. I think the, uh, the more, I don't want to say the, the more level headed of us, but the, I'll just say we we see it, man. We fans like me and fans like you. I think we see the effort. Like we know that Rise has got to be the focus right now because that's y'all's new version of Ninja Turtles. And un, unlike a lot of people out there, I actually you know enjoy Rise. But it's it's always good knowing that somebody behind the scenes in some context like cares about this stuff. So even if it's on a social media level where it's just, you know, a guy behind the phone, behind the accounts, behind the camera, it's nice to know that it's somebody who's one of us. Somebody from the Ninja Turtles community is contributing to this stuff and putting things out there that you like and you can connect with, but then that, you know, obviously a lot of us can connect with and while also trying to build a new generation of fans with Rise, so... Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, like we've been talking about, we're, we were kids when we fell in love with Turtles, so that's where it all started, so it's okay to give the love to them. Granted, like the majority of the audience on social media is older and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but I mean, when I got there, they were rarely ever touching the 80s and 90s, like 2003, um, so they just not really any of that, so 
that accounts have just since I've been there for three years have changed dramatically where it's now all about Ninja Turtles as a 35 year experience rather than just mm-hmm. currently what's on air at Nickelodeon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I think like even just like company wide, that's kind of a culture that Nickelodeon has adopted too. So although rise is their on air priority, they, you know, they want to make sure that IDW publishing continues making cool comics that older fans love. And they do these cross, crossovers with batman and all that good stuff so yeah they do they have their eye on all ages of us <laughs> nice man that's that's good to know so can i yeah i mean i don't write i just like you know i don't write or work on the shows at all um i have like met the people that do and know that they're passionate about it but yeah it's 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 a fun for me like it's a fun place to be as a fan because i'm not directly contributing to turtles in the way of being involved with it. So I can still enjoy it. Whereas if I like, I have some friends that like, liked football and now they work for the NFL in a similar, like creative capacity mm-hmm. and they don't want to go to football games anymore. They don't uh, like football because that just feels like work where me, I still like watching Ninja Turtles. I still watch that original movie and love it and I'm not jaded at all by it. So I feel like, I'm in a very fortunate and blessed position where I still get to be a fan and work on it without feeling like it's a job. Excellent, man. Well, that actually, I'm glad you said that because that actually answers a question that I had a little bit further down where I was going to ask you, are you ever worried that working with turtles might ruin or taint your love for them? And I guess you're (laughs) you're not worried about it. No, I mean, (laughs) I definitely have moments where I'm just like, I'm not feeling it right now. Like I'm a little behind on the, IDW comics, to be honest, like I, I was reading them religiously before I started. And then I started working there. Yeah, it waned a little bit. So now I just kind of read them more bulk. Like I'll read 10 issues at a time and mm-hmm. catch up that way rather than I'm not at the mm-hmm. forefront of uh, it anymore. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, yeah. So if I may ask, what is your uh, at Nickelodeon, what is your official job title? And if you'd like and you can, can you break down the responsibilities that come with that so that the, the yeah. people listening know what it is that the sewer den is bringing to Nickelodeon social media stuff with these franchise shows? Yeah, and I think that's kind of like why I got hired there too is because they, my boss at the time was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. She was She's like about our age and she loved turtles growing up. So when I met her in the interviewing process, she was just like, Oh, you're one of my own. I know you, you're a good guy. You already have a foot in the door without having a foot in the door. Totally. Yeah. All all two or three toes, whatever (laughs) (laughs) version you want. Yeah. So she, it all worked out. We just kind of hit it off right off the bat and she had heard of the steward end because I had interacted with their social accounts before mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of good ways. They sent me a birthday card once and a gift. Nice. So before I got there, Nickelodeon and the social team that was doing that stuff, they, they were good people and they were doing good things and they were Ninja Turtles fans. It's just that social media has grown so much since I've got there. That's changed a little bit, but yeah, good people there. So they knew of me. Um, now my title is, let's see, what is it? Director of creative. 
Okay. It's not creative director. <laughs> They've phrased <laughs> things in very like it's very different particular from a order. Director. So like a creative director does a lot of overseas design and that sort of stuff. Right. So I don't do that, uh, but I am the director of creative. So what I do for mainly SpongeBob and Turtles, and then I work on a team that handles the other like '90s properties we were talking about. Okay. But I hold brainstorms internally and we ideate on ideas for the social platforms. A lot of times I'm contributing to that too. And then we walk away from that room with a handful of ideas of in the month of April, what do we want to do on Ninja Turtles Social? What do we want to do for SpongeBob? How do we want to promote um, the newest episodes of SpongeBob or Rise of the TMNT? And Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes, uh, given the episode, it can be really easy to come up with a fun concept. Um, but most of the time, we're dealing with all the stuff in between, too, which is just content to keep people talking about turtles and keep people talking about SpongeBob. So it's okay. not tied to any of that stuff. And uh, you see a lot of that for turtles, especially because there's so many versions of it. So it's a lot of that stuff. And then just bring a lot of that stuff being ideas and working with others to come up with ideas and then kind of taking that back and processing it all and seeing what all works and what would be good and what I think will be most exciting and engaging for the audience. And then I work with teams internally there at Nickelodeon to create all that stuff. So different like producers, designers, all those creative jobs. And then we kind of make it come all together in one cool piece for each one we're doing. And then, then we post it. Nice. Yeah. So, so it's fun. It's a, it's a, it's a lot. And Nickelodeon has a lot of meetings, but there are so many good people there that you really don't mind. Yeah. I was going to ask too, or I guess to follow that up, it, are you, are you kind of counted on when it comes to turtle stuff? Like, because everybody knows, you know, you're, you're the turtle guy there, or I'm assuming you're the quote unquote turtle guy. So when you guys lean into the turtle stuff, is everybody kind of looking at you like, all right, John, what's, you know, what do we do now for turtles? Or is it everybody, excuse me, everybody there knows what's up, knows what, like they know you're bringing turtle stuff to the table, but it's, it's more of an, I guess like you're not relied on to be the, the driving force right. of Turtles Creative, right? I mean, I'm not the driving force, but I will say anytime I've been told that whenever somebody is like, oh, we're talking Turtles or we're having a brainstorm or beyond social too, if they're just like, we want to talk about this, we want to talk about the fandom and just what would this person think? They're, they're all, I'm often told that I'm the first person everybody thinks of in those conversations. Nice. So I'm definitely looped in. Where SpongeBob, I don't get that same response or that same kind of people don't have that same thought process. Mm-hmm. If they're talking about SpongeBob with social specifically, they'll be like, oh yeah, he's one of the people we should reach out to. But with Turtles, if they're even just talking about like making something else that has nothing to do with social, they'll be like, we should loop in him because he is that Turtles king. Like one, one time somebody in the building was like, whenever I think of Turtles, I just, I think of you first, which is, I don't know if that's weird or if that's cool. <laughs> I think it's I think it's cool, dude. Yeah, so it's my people know. Like at first when I started there, I kind of I mean my boss knew about the sewer den 
and she was totally cool with it. And another guy, he knew about it, and they were fun with it. And, and but at first, I kind of hit it a little bit because I, I didn't want to just be known as this turtle guy. But then over time, I just after I kind of knew people and proved that I was belong there and was good with the job and all that stuff, I just I just let it all go. Now I mean, now I just fully. My desk has tons of turtle stuff on there. Um, you, you when I actually started, being a turtle guy. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Nice. My boss, when she hired me at the time, I said, "Can you like?" Because she told me that they had a lot of quirky old stuff, old Ninja Turtle stuff that they got for, from Kevin Eastman back in the day Very when cool. Nickelodeon acquired it. So she was like, "We still have like a few random things laying around," and I asked her if when I accepted the job, I was like, one last thing. I was like, can you leave me something really weird on my desk for the first day? Cause I would love to do a blog post about it. Uh, and she was like, sure. So I got this really weird box of tissues that say teenage mutant hero turtles. So they were one of those Europe, yeah, uh, yeah. products, European like, products, like Kleenex tissues. It was no, like an actual box. It's, it's like a foot long and, um, the front of it, like you can pop up, so it it kind of pop, rips out and folds up. It's like perforated edges, uh-huh. and so where you grab a tissue from, it's like the four turtles are standing around it, and then there's all this like <laughs> wacky, quirky, like '80s, '90s TV show artwork on the side, but it's like in comic book form. It's it's very weird. So she did the job perfectly and my first day i was like this is amazing yeah but then being the loser i am when people use the tissues i would get mad at them because they'd be like this is a collector's item yeah yeah yeah. those you could have sold one of those tissues on ebay for god knows what (laughs) yeah Yeah, definitely written a post about it again recently just because i find them so odd Mm-hmm. And it's one of these like pieces that I just call rare junk because it's like, I know it's not worth a lot of money, like a scratch figure, but it's probably actually more rare than the scratch figure. Right. Absolutely. All right, man. So, uh, before we hop off of the, uh, the job train of thought, last question regarding your work yeah. stuff after, if people don't know already, after they listen to this interview, they're going to know that like you're a turtles insider. Now you've been with them since the 2012 show was running and now well into the rise era rise has been on for like a year right yeah it came out last september, september 2018 okay. yeah so we're we're well over a year into the rise era so i've got to ask man if it's it could just be one little thing or one little quirky thing i'm not going to ask you to you know risk you know outing yourself or anybody or anything like that but do you have a juicy Turtles work story that you can share with us. Something in odd all of maybe, turtles, or specifically about Rise. Uh, in all of turtles, like specifically, like from work, like something you may have heard at work, or you saw at work, or something that happened at work. You don't have to name any names, or like I said, you don't have to do. You don't have to say anything at all. I'm not trying to. Yeah. Well, I'll say that the one thing that is is. As I was saying that I don't work on the show, I mean, I get to meet all those people and I see them occasionally, but they are all based out of Burbank, California, okay. where the Nickelodeon Animation Studio is. So I'm not in the thick of their production day to day. We're almost like 
in the corporate offices of New York, but although we're doing very fun, creative things on our team. So a lot of that's out there. So I'm not in that day to day of it, but I do get to go out there and see a lot of cool things. And I will say that I was recently there and somebody I was was with uh, also from New York had never gotten a tour, had never been to the animation studio before. Okay. So they gave us a tour there mostly for her benefit but they asked us which floor we wanted to go take a tour of and i was like one of the options was movies so i didn't think anything of it i just thought they were just movies but i did see the little snippets from the netflix movie that's coming oh the rise of the tmnt movie so not snippets in terms of actual animation but i saw artwork on the walls and a logo and uh, a few characters and okay. it was cool just because I hadn't seen or heard anything about that much like the fandom there was there haven't been too many updates on it right so this was my first like oh yeah this is still a thing this is still coming out I totally forgot about this yeah um, and, and just because of... the show is on that we don't we're always promoting the show and not really talking about the movie so it was just cool to see just to see that that was there and it's it is coming Sick, dude. That's cool to know. It's cool to know. I'm excited about that because I feel like, based on where the show's going right now, I don't know when the movie's going to be released, but based on where the show's going right now, I feel like I kind of can see what the movie might be uh, about or what it might entail, unless it's just completely unrelated from the regular series. But if it if it follows along with the series, based on the last like handful of episodes, I think I know where getting close to certain things, but, um, yeah, I know. I read some interview with Ant and Andy who are the co-executive producers on it. And they said it was a standalone movie, I believe, or that not that it was standalone, but it worked as like a complimentary piece. So if you Uh, watch the show, you would love it. But if you had never seen the show, you would be fine without having seen anything before. Okay. So maybe not standalone, but that sort of, existence interesting interesting yeah and then the only other like kind of non-rise tidbits i'd say without like giving anything away is just i've seen some of the cool collector items that are coming out or at least just have heard about them um i've always had like a good relationship with the team that uh works in collectibles and retail and all that good stuff and there's some there are some really cool things that i think old school fans are gonna more and more good stuff to keep us to keep coming back and spending more money. Nice. Like that. That's uh, the thing, man. I, I feed my money right back into the system too. I get my paycheck <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, Hey, Oh, cool. NECA released these movie turtles. Great. Let me, uh, let me get those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, so John, you need that advance again from your check for this. Uh, next set. <laughs> um, so speaking of that then, dude, have you, uh, have you seen anything else from this, uh, NECA loot crate thing that you can maybe give us the inside details on, or is it still just uh, the, the figure? I, I mean, I wish. I feel like I felt like uh, I felt. I think you sent me that when it first came out. I was like, "What is this? This is amazing." <laughs> Where some of the other ones, I have gotten a sneak peek in the past, like mm-hmm. the original movie turtles in the VHS box. Yeah, uh, they told me about that then, and I couldn't really like wrap my head around what it was. I was like, what do you mean? It's in like a VHS, but I don't understand why aren't they like big figures? Aren't they decent size? And they're like, yeah, "Yeah, there's six or seven inch or whatever. 
I didn't realize that the VHS was going to be this like huge, right, right. grand packaging. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes I get to see photos, sometimes I don't. And but yeah, so unfortunately with that one, I haven't seen anything. Um, but you know what? Maybe I should shoot somebody an email come this week. <laughs> well, we've only got a week left to fund it, so the, uh, no, the world is waiting, dude. Uh, I, I got to get on that myself. I haven't done it yet. Well, dude, we, what, what are you waiting for, dude? We need yeah. we need your support to make this thing happen. Priorities after this. Watch the 1990 movie. Pre-order that thing. Yes. Like, I, I get it, dude. You've got a kid on the way. Cool. Good excuse. Just go back the thing, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Could use all the stuff from that loot crate to make like a mobile or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's for you, baby. I swear it's for you. Yeah. Just, I mean, you have to, dude. The Turtle Den. It's got to be his first mobile for sure. All right, man. So we are, we have spoken, believe it or not, for well over an hour now. Oh, man. Um, our, our phone call is going Oof. on an hour and 20. Our podcast is going on an hour and 10. So we're going to we're going to leave everybody with this. This is my last question and again kind of like the kind of like the questions at the beginning. It's like a default Turtles fan question I feel like at this point. Um you've probably been asked this uh or you and I have probably talked about this or you've seen a discussion thread about it on Technodrome. Um uh, but I've got to ask since we're here in a recorded format. If you John Zelenak, aka the Sewer Den if you could make your dream version of Turtles in a movie or a TV show, what would it be? No, I love this question. This no, is a great question. Right? No limits applied. Like, no, like you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about casting. You don't have to worry about uh, location or timing. Um, just your creativity and personal Ninja Turtle preferences are all that matters. Your dream version of turtles media aka like a, a a movie a movie trilogy tv show let us know i mean if i could have and of course i'm gonna go something like a trilogy because then I, I get three times the happiness and turtle fandom it goes <laughs> on for multiple movies I, yeah I'm, I'm all about that i don't think i ever would have thought of that have you had you not said that but i'll take it okay i like it um I will tell you what I don't want. And I know a lot of people probably disagree with me with this, but I don't really want like a Logan sort of Ninja Turtle story. I don't want something that's like hyper violent and has like a whole bunch of cursing and language in there and Word. all that stuff. Just okay. because I feel like we talked so much about how many kids fell in love with Ninja Turtles and I get that mostly adults like it now, but um, and now saying I would have said this a year ago too, but now that I have a kid on the way, definitely will double down on it. Uh-huh. But I want Ninja Turtles to always remain a thing that kids can see with their parents if they want to. But that being said, I still want it to be a good movie also for adults. Okay. So Marvel pretty much has done this and done this successfully. And like, I think that's kind of the good middle ground. Maybe not as comic booky. Maybe we get back to more of those '90s or the 1990 movies slash like the original comics. So we definitely make this grittier. Like we make it like a hard PG-13. Okay. <laughs> so we still get our jokes in there, but we yeah. can also be a little. I think there's more atmosphere. 
Whereas those Michael Bay movies were just very much like Marvel movies. Like they were just clean and bright and everything. And I don't really want that. I want something a little more gritty. There's no soul. Uh, I think those, what's that? There's like to the Bay movies. I feel like there's no soul to them. Right. Yeah. Like one of my friends just pointed out when we saw, he's like, why, why is there like patriotic music in every scene? Like the turtles aren't, (laughs) Like their job is to not make us love America. Their job right. is to just like entertain us and eat pizza and all that good stuff. Yep. So yeah, something I, if they brought the IDW comics to life in that sort of way, I think I'd like that. Um, I do think that the Bay movie is one huge opportunity. Like I know they brought Bebop and Rocksteady in, but in a way it's kind of like Token Razar. Which they've done. Um, I thought it would always be cool to see Mousers and Baxter Stockman, mm. and like maybe that's not the central point, but it could be one of them. And especially if we're doing a trilogy, yeah, I think we could easily work that in. Yep. Um, and then I, the only other thing I'd say, if it's still a trilogy, maybe we start start easy with Shredder, Mousers, and all that good stuff, and then maybe we build some little not a universe, but like a just like a squad of villains that are all in one movie, almost like the old Batman movies used to do where they bring in two villains mm-hmm. that were kind of in there and they'd team up. If it was just like four of our favorite mutants made them made the cut. Right. So it was right. just like a, even if they didn't have a ton of screen time, it was just like, Oh cool. There's Leatherhead. They made them in, in a movie character. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a little group, uh, like a Sinister Six, but of, you know, it doesn't have to be six people, but yeah, it's just yeah, exactly. And bad guys. Yeah, like the Mutanimals oh, of yeah. cinema, but like make them, make all the bad guys, and maybe it's good and bad. I don't know, but something in there just to see. I feel like we've seen the same kind of characters on screen for the last, since 1990. Like we really haven't ventured out too far beyond that. Yep. I agree, man. Yeah, that's uh, somebody's giving me the green light. That's that's where I'm going. Rad, dude. Well, that's what I like to hear. I could, yeah. I, I would pay money to see that. Uh, hell, and yeah, well, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. What well, about you? Do you do you have an opinion on this, or do you save this for oh, another dude. day? No, I um, I I think my dude would kind of like you said I would I would want it to have like that feel of the original movies where you know it's it's serious and and got some maybe like serious themes but it's not it doesn't have to be Logan or it doesn't have to be Deadpool um it it doesn't have to be like the dark knight you know type of thing um but I also don't need it to just I, I would would not want it to be like a, a kid's movie. You know what I mean? I would want that, yeah. that PG 13 rating. And, and I feel like something that the Bay movies kind of got misconstrued with the turtles a little bit because maybe is because they were bigger design wise or whatever, but it, it felt like with the turtles movies, we were watching superhero movies. And I think, mm, yeah, uh, a lot of times the turtles get like lumped into superheroes because they're from comics and because they're mutant turtles, yada, yada, yada. But I want to watch a Ninja Turtles movie where they're ninjas. I want to see martial arts. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah, I have 100. That's like the first movie. That's the closest we have ever been. Dude, for real. Like to me, the, the first movie 
and the third movie are really the only movies that really like drive home the the ninja aspect, the martial arts aspect. Because in the second one, like we've talked about before, like they don't use their weapons and they do martial arts and stuff. There's fight scenes in the second movie. But uh, like the first one, combat cold cuts com- and all that. Dude, I, I love combat cold cuts and, you know, like all that stuff is great, but it's it was like making a joke of the fighting instead of like letting them actually be, you know, mutant ninja turtles. And yeah. And so I would, I would really want to like drive home the, the ninja ness of everything. And so I think if I could, if I could do anything like a trilogy or maybe even build up like a small little universe, I would love to, you know, start with, kind of start where the 1990 movie started, right? It's just turtles versus turtles and splinter versus shredder. Um, but then what I would do in like a second movie is I would go back to like feudal Japan or ancient Japan or, or whatever version of it it is. And I would show the, the feud between Oroku Saki and Hamato Yoshi, but make it like yeah. an old like samurai flick, like an old oh, martial arts flick. You know what cold I mean? chills. I love this plot. Right, right, right. So like maybe the entire second movie is just that backstory um, that would like lead us into the third where it's like a final showdown of like, um, did you read issue 50 of IDW's Ninja Turtles? Yes. Okay. So that to me kind of touches on like your little group of mutant bad guys, but then also like just gives us an epic final showdown where it would just be Splinter, the Turtles, Casey, April, a couple of their friends against Shredder, Karai, you know, the foot, Rocksteady, Bebop, Koya, Bludgeon, you know, you could, you could substitute Koya and Bludgeon out from, you know, people that we know, um, you know, Leatherhead, uh, Wingnut, yeah, the, Screw Loose. The more casual know. fan. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, I'd pay to see this movie too. This sounds pretty great. <laughs> I just, I mean, there's, there's so much room out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, just the fact that you said about the, and I think that's why a lot of people have trouble connecting with the rise of the TMNT, just because even if their kids like it, it's just, it's not really, they're not really ninjas in there splinter it's like he doesn't really fall into that either so um i get what the show is doing and i there's an audience for it and i understand that like it's a totally different landscape than when turtles first started in the 80s um but yeah i I miss that ninja stuff and i definitely missed it in the the bay movies too because it's like i just like i'm a huge fan of martial arts movies and jackie chan movies and he was my He's my other idol. And nice. just like, I miss those like long takes of just a wide shot and just let me see the action. Show me that there's mm-hmm. a star there that memorized choreography and can do it and makes it seem fun and realistic. Yeah. Like that's, that's what, even in the 2012 series when they would just have one shot that lasted a really long time, it was really cool. Or they didn't like cut away and it wasn't just very hyper cut. Yeah, it wasn't super like yeah. frenetic. They just or yeah, I think frenetic is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, don't, like don't where you can follow the action the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we have not got that with uh turtles in movie form in a in a long time. Yeah. I uh I think you and I should have a sit down with somebody uh 
at your at your office and and see who we who, I know whose who's chain do we have to pull to make this happen but that's what's the crazy part is the movies are paramount they're not i mean they're with oh, nickelodeon that's right, but that's right that's right that's a whole different uh division put it uh put it up the chain dude who do we yeah who do we like to talk to now is the time to? maybe um, once uh the steward and movie which also, it's called Welcome to the Seward End is where the name that we landed on. So nice. maybe when the Welcome to the Seward End film comes out, that'll spark the fire to uh, for a conversation. There we go. There we go. Mean you can come go in there with uh, green jackets on and turtles <laughs> bow ties and turtles hats and uh, very professional. Only me business. Absolutely, with a, a briefcase with like a shell design like embossed into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes just take out a folder and open it up and there's one slice of pizza in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me, gentlemen, we're here to do business, but first <laughs> pre fight donut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John. Dude, this is amazing. We come back to talk, talking about secrets, the ooze and the jokes and <laughs> everything is full circle. <laughs> dude. Sucked with us. Yep. Everything is full circle. So yeah, man. Well, once again, ladies and gentlemen, this has been John of the Seward and John, thank you so much, man, for giving me over an hour and a half of your time. I appreciate you sitting down on a Sunday and, and chopping it up with me and answering some questions and being part of the uh, latest episode of Booyaka Show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I love talking turtles. Excited. Always, always willing to just uh, speak the ways of the sewer. Absolutely, man. And like I uh, like I've talked about with a couple friends before, I think now that we've now that we've knocked this one out and we know how easy it is to do this, we'll uh, we'll have to turn you into an irregular guest and have you back so we can talk more stuff in the future. Yeah, that's perfect. Even if you just need a panelist, if you have a few people on and um, give me a topic, I can I'll, I'll riff on that a little bit if you need me to. Absolutely, man. Before uh, before I let you go, do you have anything that you need to uh, plug? Anybody you need to shout out? I. You know what? Before I let you shout some people out, I want to shout out and thank John's wife. John, what is your wife's name? Jessica or Jess. Jess, I want to say thanks. Shout out to Jess A for carrying the sewer den baby. You know, congrats to Jess. Congrats to you. Uh, wish you guys nothing but the best in that regard. But then also, I appreciate Jess for letting me uh, borrow you for an hour and a half to uh, to talk turtles. I know. Some some uh, significant others would not be so generous with their husband's time. So thanks for that. I know she's a good egg. She's uh she's all about spreading the the word of the turtle that That's... gets out there. And she's she's always been ever since her first date. Uh, I mentioned the steward end to her. She was supportive and thought it was zany, wacky, kind of weird, but <laughs> all the all the good things. So yeah, nice. Man. It's all good. Yeah. yeah, dude. Let us know. Shout outs and uh, plug like your social medias and anything else you got going on, bud. Yeah, totally. So thanks again for having me on here. Uh, of course. Um, you, anybody can follow me at the steward end. The word the is in there. So it's the steward end. Um, all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, although Facebook don't really do a whole lot there these days. Uh, the website, same thing, the steward end.com. Any of these places at some point within the next couple weeks, months, the movie for Welcome to the Sewer Den will be out there, and I will be talking about it. We've got posters and logos and gifts and images and all this good stuff to promote it, and uh, then the film will just be out there for by itself, too. 
it'll be a free thing. Nobody has to like spend any money on this. You can just take 10 minutes of your life. And if it's, if you have fun watching it, great. If it, if it's stupid, it's, was free. So no harm there. (laughs) Um, but yeah. And then if you are ever in Cape May, New Jersey, where my parents live, uh, it's about almost three hours away from where I live, but come and stop by the steward and they're happy to let you take a peek or when I'm there, especially it's in a shore town. So it's kind of nice in the summer. Um, just pop on by and crash in the bunk bed for a night or just, uh, just go to the beach and then come check out some classic turtle stuff from all over the years. I, uh, I might have to take you up on that, dude. I've never, never been to that part of the country. So that'd be a, a good reason to get me over there. Oh yeah. Do the tour de force and, New York City, then go on down for a couple hours and get the Jersey Shore in there and yes, experience all things. Philly, you could do all that, and then the steward and cap it off with that. All right, man. Sounds good to me, boss. Well, thank you again, John, for being on here. And uh, Of course. Thank you. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace, love, and turtle power. There it is. Cowabunga! All right, guys, and there you have it. That was me and John of the Sewer Den talking straight up nothing but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for, I believe, over an hour. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to John and what he brings to the Turtles universe and what he brings to the Turtles community. I hope you enjoy knowing that there's there's somebody who works for these big companies. There's more than one person who works for these big companies that run the Ninja Turtles that, you know, cares about these characters, cares about being a fan, cares about making sure the fans are happy, like just like we would. It's cool seeing a member of the Turtles community get to contribute something to the Ninja Turtles world. Uh, even in the small way that John does, it it feels big time. So thanks again, John. Really appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. As always, guys, need you to find and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, etc., etc. I need you guys to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you can. And yeah, guys, keep your eyes open, keep your ears out for the next episode of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. Like I said, I am your host, Zach Norris. Thank you guys for listening. Take care, be easy, booyakasha.